Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, break it down. News of the day, none other than attorney at law and TYT contributor, author Adrian Lawrence should be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, there's a criminal investigation into the Florida governor, Ron DeSatan. Because he decided to kidnap roughly 50 human beings and lure them into a false opportunity that was never a real promise. That is against the law. Now, let me give you some background to this dynamic. As I shared with you initially in the reporting, what happened to those individuals, those human beings, was in fact a violation of criminal law and their civil rights. It seems as if at least one law enforcement executive agrees with me. Let's go to the video first of the sheriff announcing the investigation, here it is. We are opening up a case with an investigation with regard to the suspected activities involving the 48 migrants from Venezuela. That as we understand it at this point, the facts of the case at this point, are that on Wednesday, September 14th, here in Bear County in the city of San Antonio, our understanding is that a Venezuelan migrant was paid a, what we would call a bird dog fee to recruit approximately 50 migrants from the area around a migrant resource center on San Pedro here in San Antonio. As we understand it, 48 migrants were lured, I will use the word lured. Uh, under false pretenses uh, into, into staying at a hotel for a couple of days. Uh, they were taken by airplane at a certain point. They were shuttled to an airplane uh, where they were flown to Florida and then eventually flown to Martha's Vineyard. Again, under false pretenses is the, the information that we have, that they were promised work. They were promised the solution to several other problems. They were taken to Martha's Vineyard from what, from what we can gather for nothing, for little more than a photo op, video op. And then they were unceremoniously stranded in Martha's Vineyard. What infuriates me the most about this case is that here we have 48 people that are already on, on hard times, right? They are here legally in our country at that point. They have every right to be where they are. And I believe that they were preyed upon. Somebody came from out of state, preyed upon these people, um, lured them with promises of, of a better life, which is what they were absolutely looking for, and with the knowledge that they were going to cling to whatever hope they could, they could be offered for a better life, um, to just be uh, exploited and uh, hoodwinked into making this trip to Florida and then onward to Martha's Vineyard for what I believe to be nothing more than political posturing uh, to make a Yeah, he's correct. Sheriff Salazar out of the state of Texas has opened up a criminal investigation into an operation spearheaded led by Governor DeSantis of Florida. Now for those who may have an issue with this kind of criminal investigation, and you may question if it's even against the law, let me pose it to you a different way. What if somebody did that to you or your children or your parents? Would you consider that to be illegal? They lured you or somebody you love under false pretenses to get into an airplane to drive you or your family 
across state lines to fly you to a place, drop you off, leave you stranded. Would that be illegal to you? You see, the government did this to these individuals. The government did, which means the government has to follow certain rules. The government cannot violate your due process regardless of your status in the United States of America. At least that is how it's supposed to work. Now, DeSantis, he went on Fox News, safe haven for all things racist, and decided to defend himself, and here it is. They were fed, they were showered, they were offered haircuts and, and any other services that they were needed, correct? Yeah, not only that, they all signed consent forms to go. And then the vendor that, that is doing this for Florida provided them with a packet that had a map of Martha's Vineyard. It had the numbers for different services on Martha's Vineyard. And then it had numbers for the overall agencies in Massachusetts that handle things involving immigration and refugees. So it was clearly voluntary and all the other nonsense you're hearing is just not true. The only person spewing nonsense, Governor, is you. You have already cost the citizens of Florida six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars. That's the initial calculation of this ridiculous political ploy. You are now going to cost them millions more because they have to defend at least thirty-eight current claims that are coming for you. And then when you lose these claims, that's millions more that the state of Florida will have to pay out. All right, the Texas sheriff said on Monday that his office has opened a criminal investigation into the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. Unprecedented move to send nearly 50 migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts last week. Baxter County Sheriff Javier Salazar said the inquiry was in its early stages and he declined to name possible suspects. But in a news conference, he said, and I quote, everybody on this call knows Okay, who those names are already. Attorneys representing 30 of the 48, the number has increased since migrants have asked the Massachusetts Attorney General and the federal government to open criminal investigations. They said the clients were induced to board airplanes and cross state lines under false pretenses. Now, if you remember in the original reporting, I said on day one that the DOJ clearly has jurisdiction here to prosecute both civilly and criminally. I do not think they have the appetite, I do not think they have the capacity based on the political dynamics of what's happening in the world, but they should, they absolutely should. These are 48 human beings, these are people, did not deserve what happened to them. Think about this, the sheriff is absolutely correct. He's leading with passion and law. He's leading with common sense and protocol. These individuals should have never been in that situation. And for those who put them there, they need to be held accountable. Big ups to the folks in Martha's Vineyard who decided to do the right thing and take care of them. That continues to be a process unfolding now. All right, attorney, how do you see this? Am I wrong by saying what happened to them was not only inhumane, but was in fact criminal? What are your thoughts? Well, I think anybody you have to argue that it's inhumane with is someone who lacks humanity to begin with and the recognition of it in others. But as far as the law goes, absolutely, it's a violation of the law. Even in the smallest amount, as I understand, there were three children that were yeah. among that group of migrants. And Texas has a statute that says exploitation of a child is a third degree felony. So you can at least categorize it under that. There are so many statutes on the books that can be applied here. and I'm really 
really grateful that Sheriff Salazar is investing the resources to prosecute it. Because again, as you've noted, DOJ should be heavily involved. This is something that involves interstate commerce. We're entering FAA territory as well. There are so many reasons in which the federal government should also be using its resources and getting involved. And also given that it has an exponential amount of resources. And the fact that it has yet to really step up and say something is really indicative of how we see others who come to our country as refugees in need of help who are brown or black. And the government needs to show that everyone needs to be treated equally and they need to be treated respectfully, especially by members of government, whether they're at the state or the federal level. Well said, and just a reminder, refugee status is a legal status in the United States of America. That's why the sheriff made it clear they were legally where they were supposed to be, and that is correct. We're gonna continue to follow this story as it develops. All right. Remember the preacher, preacher bling bling, all right? Uh, Bishop Whitehead first made the news because he got robbed on television while preaching. Uh, and now he has made the news again because he choked a woman during his live sermon. Well, the woman he choked and was arrested for choking, she has now spoken out for the first time. Let me give you the background. This is the reason we know who the bishop is in the first place, Roland. How many of you have lost your faith because you saw somebody else die? What you about to go through? Yo, yo, all right, 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 all right, right, yo, all right, all right. Horrendous, scary situation uh, to be robbed, period. Uh, and he was robbed at his church. Uh, he had a lot of jewelry on as well as um, jewelry underneath his clerical gear. Well, that did not spark him to hire security. Here's what happened recently. Now let's give Jesus a round of applause. While they take pictures and they wanna be on social media. Take the pictures, take the pictures, take the pictures, take the pictures, take the pictures. Now go over here, go over here, grab her, grab her out, grab her out. Now you're gonna grab, grab her out, grab her out, grab her out, grab her out. Get downstairs, grab her, grab her, grab her, grab her, grab her. Press whatever charge you want. You're not gonna come in my space. I feel threatened, amen? As I said yesterday, he did not have that energy for the last people that came up in his church and interrupted his sermon. Now his energy is completely different. So he says that the individual he attacked was threatening to harm his wife and his child. She has now spoken out and this is her all words. I'm getting text of um, certain lies that are being told through press conferences. And I want to clear those up right now. Number one, I am an author and I am writing a book. And the purpose of my book is I am using case studies for research. 
And the book is about the impact of charismatic leadership within the African-American community. This particular person became um, sort of an interest during the incident that happened back in July. And this became one of my case studies. Watching it online, I decided I want to go and actually see and be in the atmosphere to get a better idea of how this ministry runs in person. Number two, when I got to this um, ministry, um, another lie that is being told is that I was trespassing. I was not trespassing. Another lie that I hear within the last few hours is that I apologized. I did not apologize because I was the one that was assaulted. Another lie that I've heard recently is that I charged after his wife. That is a lie. We have more video. That is Miss Tarsha Howard. Miss Howard has defended herself on Larry Reed's program. Here's more. There's now a narrative that's being spun around that matches a narrative for his benefit. I am a mother. I would not do that. This man, who's supposed to be a bishop in the Lord's church, called me up and ushered me up to the front. And once I got up there, I began to speak in my heavenly language. And next thing I know, I was being grabbed behind my hair and drug out in the videos that everyone is seeing online. I have a, a long scratch on my neck. There's another narrative going around that um, I purposely went there to start some type of trouble. I'm not on that type of time. And let me just say something else. All of these men that are in my DM um, co-signing this behavior, it makes me wonder your respect and level for women. I never in my life had a man put his hands on me until Sunday. Wow. There's more. Here it is. Now, you're poured out of the church. Yes, without my shoes and my wallet flew somewhere. I was concerned about my wallet more than my shoes because my wallet had certain things in there that it was replaceable, but it would take me a while to replace it. Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Spirit was like, forget the wallet. You know, you, you have to focus on calming down. Yeah. So I was out of the church with no shoes on and my neck bleeding from this long scratch that occurred. Do you think that the officers arrested him because of that scar? I don't know why that transpired the way it did. Um, they took pictures of it and I was actually surprised that they arrested him and also myself. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay. We knew he got arrested, but there was no paperwork coming up online. And now what I have found out is that he was doing a whole lot of talking and it's possible or alleged that his lawyer got involved and they did not book him. And I don't want to speak too much because now I've retained a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is that I did see him at the precinct when I was there. Okay. I don't know what happened to him 
after I was there. Okay, so I've basically brought you up to speed. Let's all agree uh, that this church is a hot damn mess. Bishop, you need to get your life together and hire at least one security guard. Let's put her picture up for a mass here. Uh, Prophetess Tarsha Howard also spoke to the Daily New York Daily News about the incident, reaffirming what she said. She was not there, never there to disrupt the service. She stressed again her visit to the church was part of her research for a book on religious leadership in the black community. Both Whitehead and Howard were taken away in handcuffs after the on camera confrontation. But the bishop was released two hours later without being charged. Howard was charged with trespass and disrupting a religious service. But Howard and her lawyer insist Bishop Whitehead is the one who should be facing charges. Now I think this is a good point to remind everyone that Bishop Whitehead is good friends with the current mayor, all right? Just so you know that. They have pictures together on social media. He openly endorsed them, held fundraisers, etc. The judge, Judge Hanif, presiding over this particular case appeared baffled not only by the incident, but the judge was baffled by the charges the police decided to charge the young lady with. Let's do this, this was interesting. The judge said just for the record, this is probably the first time in my 20 plus years practicing that I've ever even seen this charge, not the trespass charge, the disruption or disturbance of a religious service, funeral burial burial or memorial service. There's always a first for everything. So literally, this is a charge never utilized by the police, but was utilized against her, okay? She was arrested under this, under this charge. As far as trespass is concerned, I saw no trespass. Trespass has to be accompanied with a warning to leave. Um, I did not see that. I actually saw him telling her to come on up, which is opposite of telling somebody to get out. Um, Howard quote uh, said, and I quote, he has twisted things around and said I disrupted a religious service and I did not. His ushers invited me in, I went upstairs, they said, come on in. I went in, they did the COVID temperature thermometer and they ushered me in to sit down. Whitehead claims the women were sent by bloggers who have beef with him, that was his proclamation that these individuals were there to basically disrupt the service. Howard said she had met the woman before who is a podcaster. I don't have anything to do with her, Howard said. She's also, I think the reason why I got arrested because she's out there with the cameras taunting this man. I do not go out there to do that. Whitehead, the bishop meanwhile said he wants an apology from the city and the NYPD for arresting him in front of his family and congregation. He says he was only freed without charges after NYPD higher ups intervened. Remember, he's good friends with the mayor. All right, something interesting here. I'm so glad I have an attorney at law on the show. So Adrian, in order to commit the crime of trespass, there has to be a clear proclamation for you to get out. If you do not, then you can be in violation of a trespass law. I did not hear anyone tell her to get out. I heard them tell her to come up front, let her stay, and then grab her. Am I seeing this wrong yet? 
Well, you know, I think it's all a matter of um, kind of what evidence that both sides are going to have because who knows, he could have said he was talking to someone else. Also, if she had been told by someone else it was time for her to leave, it'll just be about the, um, the evidence that they put forward. But it definitely seems like this uh, bishop, this minister in particular, is very, very messy. And there's no reason that you should be putting your hands on someone uh, in the middle of any kind of church services or just let alone. Um, it's just everything seems very off about this situation. So I'm glad that this woman is lawyered up because this individual should not be wielding his physical force like this. Yeah, not at all, um, quite quite ridiculous. Uh, it is not a testament to the values of decency, love, honor, and loyalty. We will continue to follow this as it goes through the NYPD justice system. Okay, really, really interesting, uh, very strange. There's a rapping white female Republican candidate. Yes, and this is it. District 12, listen up right here. There's a new name on the ballot for the Senate this year. My name is Linda Paulson, Republican and awesome. Love God and family and the Constitution. I tried to get another conservative to run. Nobody could do it, so I'm getting it done. I'm pro-religious freedom, pro-life, pro-police. The right to bear arms and the right to free speech. I want less government. Control and regulation want to stop and expose all political corruption. Where is integrity, morality, accountability? Government programs should lead to self-sufficiency and support traditional family as the fundamental unit of society. But in schools, they are pushing for new beliefs. And just to clarify, as a female adult, I know what a woman is. Oh, there's more. Here it is. I love this country. It's a blessing to be free, but freedom comes with responsibility. The Constitution needs to be protected, not changed or disregarded, but resurrected. If you share my values, if you like what I stand for, then give me your vote on the 8th of November. District 12 needs a choice. Let me be your voice, Linda Paulson. Linda Paulson for Senate. Linda Paulson, not only do you have some weak ass bars, the content of your particular rap commentary is adversarial to the majority thinking of your district. I highly doubt you will even be competitive in the race that you're running in. But let me highlight a couple of things here. This is in Salt Lake, Utah, all right? Local Republican Linda Paulson announced that she will be on the ballot District 12, that was actually her announcement. She came out the gate swinging with a rap and a beat. District 12 Senate race, but might be surprised the way she came out, made the announcement was by a rap. I guess I can call it that. She is running to defeat Senate Minority Leader in Utah, Karen Maine. Let's put up a picture of Karen here, all right? I did my research, I see no rap videos from Miss Karen Maine. Uh, but let's talk about some of the ideology of her particular platform. 
Uh, as you can see, she calls herself a traditionalist. She believes in traditional marriage, which I don't know what that really means. Her, she must mean westernized marriage because there are traditional forms of marriage older than the western version of it. Uh, it looks as if she believes and knows and is confident that she's a woman. Good for you, good for her, all right? Uh, also, uh, in her particular policy platform, uh, did you notice something in the optics when you look at the video? Um, is there one damn person of color in any of the scenes on this video? That had to be the whitest damn video, rap video for sure I've ever seen, okay? So let's get this right, uh, madam. You have hijacked rap music, you have co-opted the culture. Culture vulture, I would call you. And you did not include one urban individual in your entire rap video. Shame on you. All right, Adrian, this is how she came out the gate. She wanted to be known as the rapping candidate. What say you? Well, she seems to have gotten the attention that she sought, coming up with this little pathetic rap video, um, thinking that this is going to elevate her among her potential voters, or at least get her some kind of national recognition. And it kind of is, you know, by way of the New York Post and all sorts of other publications that aren't necessarily top tier, but still really enjoy a good laugh or two by their readership. And so this individual, it shows that they're really not here necessarily for the people as much as they're here to maybe get noticed or try to make noise. And so I really hope that the constituents in that area make um, make a decision that's really reflective of an individual who's there to serve their needs and not necessarily engage in this kind of shenanigans. Yeah, and next time she should get a ghostwriter. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone, Unbossed with Nina Turner is coming, all right? October 17th, make sure you get ready, tune in daily, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. October 17th, once again, youtube.com forward slash Unbossed TYT. Make sure you subscribe now, very excited about this show. Okay, let me read a few comments, kind of press for time, cannot read all of them. Lynn says, how can entering a church be trespassing? Exactly. All right, Lynn also says, my name is Linda and I'm Linda and I'm a repub. If you don't want rights, then vote for this scrub. Bars. Now that's Lynn, I like that. All right. Seth Michael Dragonski says, how about bubble wrapping her? Question mark. Interesting. All right. And Nadine Squirreliest Dragon. Thank you for that. Uh, that pastor is way too comfortable laying his hands on a woman. Would not be surprised to find that he is an abuser. I wouldn't either. Chichi Massey, uh, thank you for that, Chichi. Paulsa forgot to add the word C before rap. Forbzilla, thank you. Got, uh, get your nana, she ain't no Eminem for sure. Agreed. Pitchforks, Dragon. Uh, Doc, do you think TYT could compensate their committed hard working unpaid volunteer MODs with dedicate, who dedicate so much of their time for the community? It has been put out. All right, Eric Primo, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much, Eric. All right, got something for you. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. 
hurry, okay? Hey, man, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. That's okay. Yeah. But I'm walking no, right now. It's yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Hey, sir. You told me you would no, stop. No, no, no. Sorry. You told me you would stop. I know, I know, but yeah. I'm going. Okay. I'm going to talk to Brian about you. I don't care. Call, call. You don't give a about anything. Call, call. Yeah. Karenicity in this male Karen is extreme. As you can see, he was demanding that the worker show him a green card. Once again, what does that correlate to? Show me your freedom papers. You do not have authority, you do not have the right, but you obviously have the privilege to demand things like this from other human beings. Now, according to the narrative, this dispute started because of noise being made by workers. When there is construction work, when there is a repair, noise will accompany that. That, that's a cause and effect relationship. It happens. Let's put up the picture full mass here. All right. Okay. Let's pray I never wear an outfit like that, no matter how old I get. This incident happened in College Park. This was on September 10th. The daughter of one of the landscapers uploaded the video to TikTok, stating her father is a hard working landscaper and well known in the community. And I believe you. I believe you 100%. And your father never should have experienced this kind of aggression nor racism from an individual in that community, but he did. What we do here on Indisputable, we provide a mirror, a mirror to this activity to provide reflection and ultimately correction for those who are willing to take heed to the message. This is not the way to go. If there's a dispute, have the dispute, have the argument. Leave the racism out of it and continue your day. That's how it goes, all right? Or at least it should. Adrian, thoughts here. I, I think that man uh, was completely and totally out of pocket. Uh, you know, his inner racist, ethnocentrist, it really seemed to pop out, and especially if the first thing he says is, show me your green card. Uh, you know, it just really shows you that this individual is, um, I would actually just say, this is not a good person. I don't care if he's stressed out or if he's been going through a lot. This is your go to when you're upset. Uh, it just, it, it really shows you just how disgusting some people are at their core. And also, it, also seems completely and totally unacceptable for him to approach this landscaper because as far as I'm concerned, you're entering someone else's property. You should be talking to the property owner, going to the individual's door and talking to them and they can talk to the landscaper. Yeah. But for you to feel that you have the right to go up and address this person in a very racist and ethnocentric way, it really just speaks volumes about who he is as a person. Yeah, well said, all right. Off-duty cop, this cop actually is high ranking, decides to physically assault a teenager because of his squeaking wheels. I kid you not, here's a video. I'm gonna beat your ass and then I'm gonna take you to jail. What, what'd I do? Get out of here. I didn't even do that. Yeah, you did. What'd I do? Go, what'd I do? Go. Is that better? Get out of here, it's disturbing the peace. You hit me because of disturbing the yeah, peace? Yeah, it's a crime, you need to go. How did I disturb him? I didn't see anyone else wake up. Get out of here. You disturbed my peace. Believe you just committed battery. No. Yes. No, you hit me with a flashlight. That's bad. Get out of here. How is that right? Believe. 
battery, right? Mm -hmm. Call the cops. Yep, that's right. You call the cops. You just committed battery, right? Yep. Chief of police, call the cops. That doesn't work that way, dude. Yep. You're gonna tell me the law? What, you big some legal scholar on the Supreme Court? No, but like, what are we doing as a police? You can't even You can't disturb the police. Then you can't. That cop did in fact commit battery. Interesting that the teenager was correct on the exact charge he should have. Now let's do this, we've identified this particular cop and we have more background to what happened and what happened with his employment. Let's put his picture up for a mass. You are looking at Bay City's finest, okay? He's the public safety director, his name is Michael J. Sacchini. Michael is now in trouble. This incident, before I go to that, let me remind you of what this director of public safety said. He said, and I quote, I will beat your ass, then I'm gonna take you to jail. He also physically assaulted this teenager with his flashlight, that was battery. And it's interesting to note, that this all started because of a squeaking noise. The incident in question occurred about 10:20 p.m. on Saturday, September 17th, in front of Rivers Edge Apartments on 9th Street in Upward Bay City. It involved the public safety director Sacchini and three other people, ages 18 and 19, riding bird scooters. Bird scooters. Okay, let's put the picture up. You see the bird scooter in the background, bird scooters. What in the hell can a bird scooter do to make a cop, a public safety director get so upset that he literally physically assaults a teenager, makes a terroristic threat and violate his own oath of office. There's more to this story. For anyone who does not know, a bird scooter is an electric scooter that has been becoming very popular in metropolitan areas. The mother of one of the teenagers spoke out about the incident and what happened. She said, and I quote, they were riding bird scooters and went to leave the area, she said. To avoid hitting one of his friends, a male teen applied his brakes, causing the tires to squeak. The rider also knocked over a construction cone, which teens put back up. The mother said, the public safety director started screaming over the balcony and threatening them. So the threat started well before he got outside. She said nothing they were doing was in need of that kind of reaction from the cop. So after the video ends, the public safety director does what? Does he go home? Does he say, listen, I'm sorry, I got a little hot headed. Please accept my apologies. Does he say, listen, I'm sorry. For how tough I talk to you. I talk like that sometimes and I should not have, okay? Just try to be careful in the future. Try to keep the noise down if you would. None of that, what does he do? He literally calls for backup, he calls for backup. So let's get to it. The mother who spoke with M Live said city police responded and detained the teens for several several hours at the scene. The public safety director was allowed to leave, she said. The teens were eventually released without being issued a citation or charged because they did nothing illegal, that's why. The mother sent the footage to city commissioners 
the mayor. She sent the footage to the city manager, Dana L. Muscat. Sunday evening, the city issued a press release stating that the public safety director had been placed on administrative leave after receiving a citizen complaint. Michigan State Police Lieutenant Kimberly Vetter said, troopers are investigating the matter at the request of the Bay City Department of Public Safety. So he's on administrative leave, obviously he should be arrested. Let me let me simplify this. You know, if a cop has a difficult time arresting somebody, if a cop has to exert any type of force to arrest you, typically that cop is going to allocate another charge to you. Don't let the difficult arrest result in a scratch on the police officer. Oh no, 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 no. Now you're going to be charged with a felony, okay? We see routinely when officers will write an individual up, give them a charge, a serious charge for a very simple touch or non-violent contact. We've seen that happen multiple times. I reported on a story out of Atlanta two weeks ago where that's exactly what happened. It was a non-violent contact between a citizen and the cop. He touches the cop, cop gets really upset, okay? They affect an arrest, the person gets injured during the arrest and it eventually lands the cop in jail. The cop got indicted, but this is not abnormal. It is normative typically for police officers to charge individuals with unwanted contact. Well, that's exactly what happened with this teenager. And I could say the contact was more than just unwanted, it was damaging. According to the narrative, the flashlight left a mark on this teenager's body. Once again, no arrest showing law enforcement, they have special treatment, all right? Adrian, as an attorney, it is clear to me that these teenagers did absolutely nothing illegal. Why do you think it took this much for the public safety director to face any level of administrative consequence from the city? Well, I would actually start to wonder who that teenager is affiliated with. Maybe they accidentally, you know, he messed with the wrong teen. Who knows what his or her parents are associated with, even any of the teens that were present there. Because I'm confident that this wasn't the first complaint that this man has received. This is how he does business. He saw a young person and he figured that that individual was powerless. And so he figured he would harass and assault them. And also having it on social media is not helpful in terms of getting other people involved, because I'm sure a lot of people who watched that video were none too pleased and they're calling for there to be some action taken. It's just it's just inconsiderably unfortunate. All of the people who were probably assaulted by this individual in the past and filed complaints and yet their complaints went ignored. Yeah, and it's so shameful that instead of this officer being a mentor, instead of this officer being a guide for a young person, he decides to be their bully. He decides to intimidate them with lies. He decides to physically harm a teenager when this could have been done so differently. And he would have been known to the masses for something positive. Now he's known for something very negative. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. All right, Mickey C, the Silverhead Dragon says, show me your got green card. Nothing racist about that. Just be anti-racist says Mel Karen thought he was styling with that fit. <laughs> he did. 
Okay, uh, Moon Dragon. Thank you, Moon Dragon. If Karen wears a shirt like that, you know he's not afraid of anything. Uh, David Morris, he was appalled by young people having the temerity to enjoy themselves. Rose Rosie, he needed to bully someone, anyone that day. Looked like it. Yeah. All right. Imagine this. You're in a police car. Police car stops on train tracks, okay? They leave you to be hit by a train. I kid you not. Let's go ahead and put up the picture that we have of the wreck. A woman was injured in Weld County late Friday night after three Colorado police officers left her in a squad car that was later hit by a train with her on the inside. The woman involved has been identified as a 20 year old individual, Tarina Rios Gonzalez. No photo has been released as of yet. According to the police radio traffic reviewed by nine news, someone called 911 and said the woman had been tailgating their vehicle and pulled out a gun. That's the initial claim from 911. Here's what happened next. As the woman traveled northbound on Highway 85, Fort Loopton police and Well County Sheriff's deputies searched for her truck. A Plateville police officer radioed that she that he saw the truck in his jurisdiction and pulled it over. According to the CBI, the woman stopped just beyond the railroad tracks because obviously she did not want to stop on the tracks that crossed Well County Road 38. The city officer stopped behind her truck, parked across the tracks. Two Fort Loopton officers arrived and helped the city officer conduct the high risk traffic stop and take the woman into custody. After they put her in the back of the squad car, the officers began to search her vehicle. Moments later, another officer radioed that a train hit the patrol vehicle and the woman is inside. She was taken to the hospital with serious injuries. She is expected to survive, but her life may be very different. According to the city police chief, Carl Dyer confirmed that the officer involved is on administrative leave while an investigation is underway. The Fort Lupton Police Department has not responded to a request for comment from CPR News. Wow, okay, um, you can't train common sense. Now I guarantee you, there is no training in any police academy, nor is there training provided by way of a guide that says, hey, don't don't ever, don't park on a train track. Because it's common sense, you don't park on a train track, right? But they decided to do this, it left this woman very injured. We will provide an update as soon as we get an update. But how sad, how sad. Because of negligence of the officers, this person will now have to go through a whole different process than the due process afforded to her by the US Constitution. Now this could have been a mistake, obviously it could have been a tragic mistake, but it's already a tragedy in a sense because her injuries are not minor, her injuries are serious. Attorney Adrian Lawrence, let me ask you this, while typically there's a case presented for a criminal or criminal negligence or gross negligence when there's a perception that something bad could have happened or you believe that 
your actions reasonably could have led to this. Is there any ounce of possible criminal action that can be taken against the officer who left the woman in the car on that train track? Well, I think that if there is a possibility of any kind of criminal um, criminal case being built, they would have to show that the officer intended to do that, intended to harm her in some way. And I'm sure, um, you know, with that thin blue line and testa line, that it'd be very difficult to find something and uh, to have it substantiated in a way such that the department would press charges against the officer. But it does seem grossly negligent, if not reckless, if not just absolutely insane, to park on a railroad track, especially one that you. You know, is active. It's something that we all remember from childhood, riding school buses, um, railroad tracks. You don't really hang out there unless you want to, you know, go meet your maker. So to park the car there and leave it there, it's very difficult in my eyes to see how that can in any way be justified. And so I definitely am sure that this woman will be lawyered up, if not is already lawyered up, and that there will be a lawsuit because it's just no way in which you can even reasonably justify making that decision. Yeah, I'm glad she's alive to fight this because obviously she could be dead given the severity of what happened. We will follow this as it develops. Okay, there's a guy, let's go ahead and put his picture up. This is insane. He is the COO, Chief Operating Officer for Beyond Meat, all right, vegan brand here. The Chief Operating Officer for the company behind this vegan alternative Beyond Meat was arrested Saturday in Fayetteville, Arkansas after he decided according to the allegation to bite flesh from the nose of another man. This was after a football college game. His name is Douglas Ramsey, COO of Beyond Meat. The incident began when a man driving a truck struck the tire of Ramsey's vehicle in the parking garage of the campus of the University of Arkansas. Uh, then the fight became anything but vegan, all right? So just after 10 p.m. local time, an officer was dispatched to gate 15 for a disturbance that had previously occurred in the stadium drive parking garage. The responding officer found two males with bloody faces at the scene. The officer spoke with both parties and witnesses before determining Ramsey had allegedly been in the traffic lane of the structure attempting to leave when a Subaru inched his way. In front of Ramsey's Bronco, making contact with the front passenger side tire. Ramsey allegedly got out of his vehicle and punched through the back windshield of the Subaru. The owner of the Subaru then allegedly got out and stated Ramsey pulled him in close and started punching his body. According to the police report, Ramsey also bit the owner's nose, ripping the flesh on the tip of the nose. The victim and the witness reported. Hearing Ramsey threatened to kill the owner of the Subaru, occupants of both vehicles got out and helped separate the party. So Ramsey has been held on multiple charges, including terroristic threats and third degree battery. Um, okay, I got questions here. So Adrian, I assume this means that if you are in fact vegan, you can still eat human flesh during a physical altercation. That's permissible, am I right here? Uh, generally, I would think no. I think uh, <laughs> vegan 
largely means eating nothing that is, you know, that was living to some extent. Yeah, so the situation with this officer of Beyond Meat, I cannot believe this. This is such a bad look. And also, given how violent he was, this makes you wonder what deeper has been going on with this individual and how did they rise to this position of power if they are going to unleash their madness in what would seem to be relatively trivial circumstances. I would not be surprised if the company parts with him just because this is so not a good look, especially when it goes full Hannibal Lecter and he's biting you know, yeah. appendages. You see, this is what happens when you go too long without a good ass hamburger. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left, always good to be with you. Let me read some of these comments, um, a very good point. Travel Nurse Dragon says, imagine the horror of being handcuffed in a cop car and you see a train coming. I, I could not imagine that, um, but that's what happened to her uh, and she did survive. Stop dragging and stop dragging my car around. Damn it, how can I as a vegan continue to eat a product made by a cannibal? I don't know. All right, Antifa, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much, Antifa. And Herbery, public safety officer parked on train tracks. Yeah. All right. Okay, good stuff. We got a mystery. We have a real life mystery. Military says suicide, family says murder. Let's put it with a picture of the young lady. In the middle of this saga, the family of a former US Army soldier stationed in Germany is demanding answers regarding a recent death. All right. Before her premature demise, the 27 year old black woman told relatives that she no longer felt safe with the others she was stationed with overseas. This came out before, right before she was found dead. This is Denisha Montgomery. The mother of three based at Fort Stewart, Georgia joined the army two years ago and was transferred in the summer of 2022 to the 139th military police company stationed in Germany. When she got overseas, things started to change and her enthusiasm for the armed forces diminished. Her mysterious death actually happened August 9th. So let me take you back and this story has not received the national attention it deserves. The military told the family, the young woman died by suicide. But only 21 days prior to her death, Montgomery said she was afraid for her own life and pointed to other officers within her unit as the source for her anxiety and anguish. 21 days before she was found dead, the family shared on Tuesday. July 19th, Montgomery called her family asking them to record her conversation. On the 12 minute televisit, she said, and I quote, I just wanna come home, look what they did to me. Montgomery showed her loved ones a series of serious bruises and open wounds on her body, implicating other officers as the perpetrators of her assault. According to the black woman, she said she and some other military police from her unit went off base to a water park. While hanging out, 
she shared, they all started to drink and enjoyed each other's company. During the return to the barracks, she says members of the unit assaulted her. She said, they choked me out like they was doing in the car, this in the car. I kept telling them I can't breathe. While crying, she told relatives that she was going to report the assault, but never did. Remember, this is all part of the recorded conversation that she mandated her family to record out of fear of her own safety. Instead, she texted her uncle the next day saying, and I quote, they told me if I report the assault, I'll be charged with assault too because I mushed the female and bit the male that was choking me. Her relatives still reported the four military police officers who assaulted Montgomery to the Red Cross, but they did not know about the threat that she reported. Three weeks later, Ms. Montgomery was found dead. She was supposed to return home a month later at the end of September. The mom said the army called her saying, we're sorry to inform you that your daughter has committed suicide by suffocation. Did you hear me? Suicide by suffocation. There's more. Despite the family's concerns on how one could possibly suffocate themselves and the lack of care the army seemed to have for Miss Montgomery, they still said they did not expect foul play. So the army says it has not arrived at a definitive conclusion about Montgomery's cause of death, telling Army Times in a statement, while we are yet to have a final determination of the cause or manner of death, we can say there were no signs of foul play. That is the official statement from the armed forces. Interesting, isn't it? Let me highlight some data from Army Times on how prevalent harassment in the army is. More than half, more than half of women soldiers who report sexual harassment say they are repeatedly harassed according to a Ron Corporation study about sexual harassment and gender discrimination faced by soldiers. The most prevalent forms of harassment are attempts at unwanted sexual relationships being ignored, mistreated and insulted due to their gender and hearing they are not as good as men. Reports of sexual assaults across the US military jumped by 13% last year, driven by significant increases in the Army and the Navy as bases began to move out of pandemic restrictions and public venues reopened, the Associated Press has learned. The increase in those reports is also the disclosure that close to 36,000 service members said in a confidential survey that they had experienced unwanted sexual contact, a dramatic increase over the roughly 20,000 who said that in a similar survey in 2018, US defense and military officials said. Let's put up the GoFundMe, okay? This is so sad. Montgomery's family, they do have plans to launch a full investigation into her death. Beyond the inquiry by the CID, they are raising money for the investigation. That's the GoFundMe account, hashtag justice for Montgomery. And you can find this GoFundMe as well. I want you to imagine 
if this was a member of your family, your daughter, your mother, your sister, your aunt, a good friend. And she called you and she said, I am in fear of my life. I'm in Germany, there's nothing I can do. I just got into a physical altercation with other soldiers. They tried to assault me, they tried to sexually violate me. I have wounds, let me show you the markings. Let me show you the cuts and the bruises. I'm going to report this, I need you to record this whole conversation for evidence in case something bad happens to me. And then three weeks later, the unthinkable, you get a phone call that your baby girl is dead. And then they tell you she died by suffocating herself. You know your daughter is a fighter. You know that she had no indication of committing suicide. You know that this would not have been her go to. Right now, the army, ironically enough, they have come up with a conclusion while saying at the same time they have no conclusion. They have already concluded there is no foul play while also saying their investigation is not conclusive. Not conclusive, but they made a conclusion already. Adrian, what are your thoughts on this case? You know, historically, uh, women have not been safe when it comes to being members of the armed forces, which is incredibly disheartening in part because it has actually gotten better uh, in recent years, yet it is clearly still extremely dangerous for women. And this is something that I had researched in my book, Staying in the Game. The fact is that when you're in these traditionally male employment situations where individuals are in the game because they want to dominate, because they feel that they are stronger, that they are better. How many of these males operate, it's the thought that we are not on the same team and thus I must subjugate you. I must put you in a position where you feel weak, you feel vulnerable, where you feel humiliated and denigrated. And that's what they did to this young lady. But then to go as far as to take her life, that's definitely what it seems like happened here. And it must be so incredibly frustrating for the family because they can't even have her body to conduct an autopsy in good time before the evidence has dissipated. And so to be able to want to seek justice for your child, to know that she has been victimized, it's just it's so incredibly unfair, particularly when you're going against the US government. They have the evidence, they have the documentation, they have everything. Yet they're spinning a story that is not consistent with who this person is. Yeah, we're gonna continue to follow it. Obviously, I do expect there to be updates very soon. Donald Trump. One of the defense theories from his lawyers has been what? That he actually declassified the information that he stole. So now there's no Espionage Act violation because the president, the former president declassified this on his way out the door. So a judge says, cool, no problem. Um, Let me know what documents we're talking about. And then Trump's attorneys are like, whoa, wait a minute. We don't want to do that judge. Doesn't make sense, okay, let's go there. In a four page letter, attorneys push back on senior judge. His name is Raymond Darius and said, listen, we don't want to submit anything that highlights specific information regarding declassification. Wait a minute, I thought that was the defense that 
Trump declassified it. So if he declassified it, you gotta have a trail of what we're talking about, right? That's logical. So the judge issued an order summoning both parties to the federal courthouse in Brooklyn for a preliminary conference on Tuesday. Trump's attorneys have claimed that until or unless they decide to fight the FBI search warrant, or if they decide to offer it as a defense following any potential indictment, they should not have to disclose details on declassification that would also be shared with the Justice Department. Remember when I said if it's actually declassified, which by the way, it's not, okay, that's just a lie. But it may become part of their affirmative defense. If something is declassified, that means it's declassified for us. You and I will have access to it, that's what it means. So if it is in fact declassified information, that means there should be no problem with all of us seeing it, knowing what it is, having access to it and being able to review it. His own attorneys have basically said, this is not really declassified information. These are not public documents, but that's what Trump said. That's what Trump surrogates are saying, that this information is no longer classified. There's more, legal experts have pointed out that it may be irrelevant whether the documents were declassified or not or not depending on what, if any, charges are filed. In their own letter to the judge on Monday, Justice Department lawyers proposed that the special master's review begin at once on the non-classified material by scanning all the seized documents and having Trump's legal team review approximately 500 pages a day, marking them as privileged or not so that prosecutors can agree or disagree and forward that along to the special master for his ultimate determination, okay? Now remember, this whole special master jazz has nothing to do with what the government knows. This has to do with what the government can use in a potential prosecution of Donald Trump. The special master typically is supposed to simply say this is privileged information, this is non-privileged. This is covered by attorney client privilege, this is not. This special master has an additional power. This special master is allowed to determine if something is covered by privileged communication of a president. The reason why that's problematic is because it is not settled law. There is no statute, there is no Supreme Court ruling that settles what is considered the power of privilege or executive privilege. Federal prosecutors also suggested that amongst the seized materials were non-documentary items, items of clothing that would be made available to Trump's counsel and the special master for review at the FBI's Washington field office. A separate federal judge set a deadline of November 30th for the senior judge to conclude his review and classifications. Though the two sides have different thoughts on deadlines for the review and challenges to be argued within that window. Okay, so the lawyers have basically said, hey, this information is not really declassified. It is going to be interesting to see how they play this in the future if they launch an affirmative defense saying that Trump did in fact declassify this information. Well, that means also it should have been available to the public. Um, attorney, are you following the legal strategy here of Trump's defense attorneys? 
Well, it seems that Trump's little effort to get a special master that would delay the Fed's investigation, it's really backfired on him because yeah. the special master, which is Judge Raymond Deary, well, he knows this stuff in terms of he sat on a special committee as it concerns these confidential top secret type documents. He's really very much versed in this world, even though he is a Republican, he's a Reagan appointee. He's been on the bench for a long time, I believe he's in his late 70s. I don't think he plays Trump. Trump's game, and it really seems that way based on how he's responded to Trump's counsel. And so this demand for, hey, let me know what documents that you declassified so that I can approach them appropriately. And for Trump to say, oh, well, I can't share that information. That's really the end of the game. And that's what Judge Deary said this morning, where he said, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You either need to identify those documents, or I can already say that all these documents here are considered classified or yep. protected. And so it really puts Trump and his legal counsel in a very, very poor situation situation where their little game, they've been called out on it because Judge Deary is not here for it. And so we're going to expect to see them run back to Judge Eileen Cannon and try to see if they can get her to whip up her magic as she did before that isn't really supported by law or ethics in any kind of form or fashion. Very well said. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments, uh, James Call, thank you so much, James. Thank you, Dr. Richie Boomer from North Nevada here. The only way to grow community is to listen to different voices and understand their stories, I concur completely. Um, constant chaos, thank you, constant chaos for that. I'm a first responder, death by self-inflicted suffocation without other tools is almost only ever accidental. So this was stupid and blatantly evil, all right? And let's go to Granny Dragon 1. Uh, just because it has ketchup stains doesn't make it declassified, uh, just gross, yeah? Uh, Jax Drax, suspicious deaths of women in the military, nothing new. Rampant sexual assault and harassment are typical and the military does not take these matters seriously. I agree, uh, but we will, and we're gonna stay on top of this as it, Develops. Very sad. All right. The LAPD. The LAPD did what looks to be a drive by shooting. Okay. Let me take you to the first video. Here it is. Sixty. I got it. You got it? As the officers approached the driveway to conduct a pedestrian stop on Mosquela, he raised what appeared to be a firearm, which resulted in an officer-involved shooting. There was no firearm. The man was holding a lighter, was not holding a firearm. The police decided to shoot from inside of the car through the window, like a drive-by shooting. There was no time 
to actually observe the scene, to interpret danger, to respond accordingly, to tell somebody to drop whatever they thought was in the hands of the other person. This incident was three days prior, prior to the shooting of Jermaine Petit, which we've covered on the show where officers confirmed he did not have a gun, but they still shot him as he fled. Remember this, here it is. Hey, come here. Take your hands out of your pocket, bro. Take your hands out of your pocket. Hey, drop it. What is it? Bro, you took the gun? Huh? Hey, drop it. He said, and I quote, it's not a gun, bro. The officers knew the man they just shot was unarmed, okay? So when they believe you are armed, but not sure you get shot or shot at. When they know for sure that you are unarmed and say it out loud, you still get shot. According to the police, the cops thought the guy Whose back was turned to them had a gun. That's what they're. That's what they're saying. That's the story. In reality, it was an L-shaped butane lighter. I spent weeks trying to get Chief Moore to release pictures of the L-shaped lighter, but he refused until they reached the 45-day requirement. It's called buying time. Parade July 24th media release. Here are the details as LAPD has stated them to be. The following. Information is based on a preliminary and ongoing investigation, which continues to evolve as investigators interview witnesses, review physical and electronic records, and analyze forensic evidence. The department's understanding of the facts and circumstances may change as additional evidence is collected and analyzed. On July 21st, 2022 at 7 p.m., the Foothill Division Uniform Gang Enforcement Detail officers were conducting patrol in the area of 7800 Radford Avenue, officers observed a known gang member exiting the passenger side of a parked vehicle in front of the driveway of a residence at the 700 Radford Avenue block. When officers attempted to conduct a pedestrian stop of the suspect, he appeared to be holding a firearm. That's their story, an officer involved shooting occurred. The suspect fled. The side of the residence to an unknown location, a perimeter was established. After a thorough search, it was discovered the suspect had escaped the area. The suspect was later identified as Raymond Moscata, a resident of Los Angeles. No officers, victims, or bystanders were injured during this incident. A black L-shaped butane lighter was recovered at the scene, okay? Now, did you see? An officer have enough time to actually understand what was happening. No, you saw a cop pull up, shoot out of his window, and no gun, no threat, no aggression from anyone he was shooting at at all. 
This is why you have to stop talking just reform and start talking replacement. Who in the hell thinks that's okay? If you think it's okay for them to do that to the other person, do you think it's okay for them to do it to you? To somebody you love, to a member of your family, member of your community? Of course not. Um, Adrian, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's an unfortunate and absolutely intentional action by law enforcement to cover up their misconduct. There was no gun here and I think everybody knew it. It's just the fact that we have so many members of law enforcement who are incredibly trigger happy and willing to go out there and say something that is not the truth because they don't wanna be held accountable. And so this individual deserves so much better and so does the community. But to go ahead and continue to perpetuate lies as opposed to actually simply hold officers accountable for their misconduct. It just, all it does is it hurts us all. And when it comes to settlements and payouts, we're the ones that pay. Again, it's just indicative of the fact that our system is broken. Yeah, and the way the cops tried to spin this, he was a known gang member. Wait, wait a minute, no, the only gangster is the one that pulled up and started shooting. That's the real gangster you gotta be concerned about. All right, always a pleasure, just sister, having you on the program. Tell people they can follow you, check out your great work. I'm on Rebel HQ, which is on Facebook and YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Adrian Law and Instagram at Adrian Lawrence. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm-hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's no, a racist I, 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 policy, I, I, racist I, policy. Shelly, here's what I don't to. know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.